Hi, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 30 of the Yacking Podcast, where we talk about life, business, and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for the changing world we live in. We always have interesting guests from you, for you from a wide range of backgrounds, and today's guest is no exception. But as always, I must first welcome Kathleen. How are you doing today, Kathleen? Hello, Peter, and hello, everyone. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of you for joining us. We so appreciate you tuning in and your comments as well. And as usual, we do have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Melissa Pierce, and uh, she is the founder of Touched by a Horse. It's a, a, a wonderful coaching facility and you will hear all about it in a moment so welcome melissa and Thank you've you. also our founder or creator of the equine gestalt coaching method which we're going Correct. to hear all about i'm sure so welcome and please go ahead and tell us tell our viewers and listeners <laughs> more about your background and and what you do well, thanks, Kathleen. This is really fun. I like your concept of your podcast because I'm a good yacker, so I should fit in pretty well. <laughs> so um, I've had horses all my life. I'm, I'm a blessed person to say that. I've just had them as my trusted confidants and my life partners all my life. So I, they're very important to me as a uh, clairsentient wise being and um, and best friends so that that's where it, a lot of it started I became a psychotherapist in the 1980s doesn't that sound like a long time ago <laughs> but the last century in the 1980s and so I went on and did a lot of training in Gestalt lies as, as a psychotherapist but I really think of myself more as a Gestaltist and well tell what is that Define. exactly? I, in fact, this last year I wrote a book on it called What in the Heck is Gestalt? Because people are like, what is that? So in essence, it's a German word that stands for wholeness. And it's a therapeutic concept, Kathleen, that says that all of us have things in our background which were unfinished. Um, a scream you wanted to let out when your dog was killed when you were five, you know, whatever it might be, all the way, of course, to sexual trauma, uh, house burning down. I mean, people live through incredible things in their lives. And we get up and we marshal on and we move forward and we think that was then and this is now. Unfortunately, the residue of the unscreamed scream or the words we wanted to say that we didn't get a chance to say still live in the psyche, in the subconscious. So Gestalt simply says, let's set up an experience or an experiment to look at that moment in time when lightning struck your life and make sure if there's something you needed to say, you get to say it. Or a scream you needed to let out, you get to let it out. Or rage that you needed to rage at the world, you get to rage. And it finishes it and it brings it to wholeness. So that's one of the parts of Gestalt. There's many living in the here and now moment. There's a lot of parts of Gestalt, but that's probably the main thread of you the work. Use, you, you have a, a different approach altogether. You've incorporated horses mm -hmm. into all of this. Tell us how that came about and how it all works. I had a retreat center in Flagstaff, Arizona. 
And prior to moving to Colorado, I was trying to get somewhere cool from the desert of Arizona. And I took my horses up there and my traditional psychotherapy and gestalt clients would come up to see me. And uh, for me, my horses at that point were my loves, but I didn't expect my clients to be horse oriented at all. And so I, if you were my client, Kathleen, we might do a two hour session in the morning. And then I would say to you, Kathleen, there's hammocks. You can go hiking in the woods. There's a fishing pole right there. You know, the only thing that you have to be wise of is don't go on the same side of the fence with my horses. But if they come over to the fence, they're all friendly. I just wanted to keep everybody safe. And I'd saddle up and go for a trail ride. And then I might meet you again four or five hours later when you've had a chance to think about what we worked on in the morning session. Well, what I learned quickly that first summer in Flagstaff was that two things. One, that my non-horse clients, which I called muggles, like in Harry Potter, the <laughs> muggles were fascinating with the horses. And so they would go down and they'd wander the fence, hoping a horse would come over to see them. And this see them, they weren't being offered food. They just wanted to come off green grass over to meet somebody. And it wasn't the same horse all the time. So I just observed it. And my third observation was that my clients, if it were you, you more access to your emotions, a calmer heart, all kinds of experiences with a big fence between you and the horse. And so I was like, wow, they're showing up for my clients. So I began taking my gestalt work closer and closer to the horses so the horses could witness the work. And the horses started teaching me the rest, that they wanted to be involved, that they had something to contribute, that they had their own wisdom about Kathleen, that they saw things that maybe I self, the truth, that they would pantomime things to me. It, it got more curiouser and curiouser, right? So I created a whole methodology and I was doing that method for many years until in 2008, I had all of a sudden a burst of people who said, I want to learn to do what you do and, you know, to teach them that. And now we're in the 13th year of our certification program. Remarkable. Peter? Wow, that's good. I, I'm going to, we'll come back to the horse bit in a moment, but <clears throat> I'm just going to tell our listeners and viewers <clears throat> that I've known uh, Melissa for, I, I, we were trying to work it out before the show started, something like 15 or 16 years. And uh, I, <clears throat> our paths crossed because I was uh, dabbling, dabbling is the right word, in network marketing and not doing very well and needed some, some coaching and some expertise. And Melissa was involved in a coaching setup that, taught people how to be better network marketers and I was not a star pupil and we kept in touch and of course with our, our common love of horses that was a huge incentive to keep in touch that was a long preamble but I, I mentioned that because Melissa you've been involved in several other professions over the years and from the reading I've done you never talk too much about how well you've done I know you've been highly successful in all of them so tell us a few other things you've been involved in thank you Thank you. I think um, actually I would be a serial entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurial pursuits and 
Uh, I've brought several products to market as well as helped other people push their products out in the world through network marketing. And, you know, I think uh, it's another place that the horses taught me a great deal. And you might remember, Peter, one of the things that I would say to somebody who is in sales, which a lot of people don't understand what sales really is. But to me, it's promoting something you're passionate about that you feel your truth can get behind, right? It's as simple yep. as that. And uh, so I, I used the metaphor of going out in a pasture to catch a yearling, right? So the young yearling horses and they're running around and having a good time. Well, if a horse horseman goes out to a pasture with a rope in their hand and the halter and they're walking toward a designated yearling, you can put money on it. That yearling's going to say, you are up to something. I'm out of here, right? They just leave. So what you learn, I think, as a lifetime horseman is to settle yourself down, put that rope over your shoulder and not make catching them the object of the relationship. But instead, to go out and see how they are. So you go out and you say good morning and you scratch a wither or pet a face and you see the rest of them and you turn around and you head for the fence and they say, huh, I asked her a question and she didn't over answer. She, she gave me space. So I feel safe with her and they follow you in. And that's the way I feel sales should be done, you know, to just kind of give people an opportunity to explore without pounding them like you're going to catch them. So you're right. My background has a lot of those things. I sold real estate when I was really young. It's a million dollar club with that. Just, you know, it's funny when you get old enough, you've done a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> so, so Melissa, walk us through what a typical day is for you. So if I'm, mm. if I'm a client and I've, I've come to you because I have issues or mm -hmm. I'm trying to work through something mm -hmm. and I come to see you, what would that day look like and how, how might I be relating to the horses and are you interpreting what the horses are sensing from what they're picking up? Sometimes I am. So thank you. That great way to kind of paint that picture. So my, uh, our ranch is in Colorado and we have uh, 40 acres, primarily pasture for the horses, three different barns. Uh, one of the barns has a very large indoor arena and uh, that comes in handy for Colorado's weather and in every way. So we work in the indoor a lot with the doors open, but you know, in that space. So I have three full-time employees and some part-time as well. And so usually I start my day uh, in my office, which is where I'm sitting now and checking, just making sure I'm on top of everything that's going on and all employees know what they're doing during the day and do they need me for anything. And, uh, and then about mm, maybe 10 minutes before you're due to get there, I head to the barn. But always I have someone, we call them a handler or an assistant there to greet you. So they greet you, you sign a release because horses are big animals. So you sign a liability waiver. We show you where the restroom is, make sure you drink a bottle of water because we're at 6,600 feet. So we're well above sea level. So for a lot of people, they need to be very hydrated. And um, they kind of show you the lay of the land and then you go have a seat. And about that time I come down and would meet you and I would ask you a number of questions to start with that just gets me an orientation of 
who you are and, and what we're doing. There's a horse already in the round pen in the center of the arena. And you and I are sitting with that horse maybe three or four feet to your left at the most. I mean, they're right, right there. They have a 60 foot circle, but as soon as the work begins, they're right there. They very dialed in and very tuned into what we're approaching. If you are in your mind more than in your body or your heart, the horse wanders off. But by my asking you better questions, I bring you somatically into the awareness of what's happening as you tell me what's happened to you or something that you're looking at in your life. When we hit it, when we're there, that horse is right there. And they actually begin somatically working on you while you and I are talking. You as the client are not aware of it. You know there's a big horse standing there, but you're not aware of what they're doing. And they're actually moving. They step forward and back parallel to you. So if you're sitting here, their body is this way. So this might be their head and back here is their tail. They're moving back and forth by what you're saying and what's happening somatically in your body. So let's say that you were there to talk about grief. Maybe you had lost somebody really important in your life and you just weren't getting through your grief. So we're working on that. As I ask you questions that move you more into your heart space, more into your emotions around it, less out of what you think and more out of what you feel, uh, that horse is going to align their heart, of their part of their body that holds their heart next to your heart. And again, you're not noticing it. And they begin assisting you even from there to elevate what's happening in your body. People, we've put monitors on people to measure their heart rate, measure their, um, their blood pressure, all that kind of feedback, the biofeedback totally changes. And the client's not aware of what the horse is doing. Um, after we do our gestalt piece, then I have you go into the pen with the horse. Sometimes it's in the earlier part. Every session's different. But I may say, Kathleen, well, let me have you stand in the center of this 60-foot circle. And I'm, again, asking you different questions and you're speaking. And they have a variety of behaviors as you walk, as you stand there. They have all kinds of ways that they're giving me information about how you're doing and what your needs are. So well, hard yeah. to put in words or explain. Much easier to just come for a session, Kathleen. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting that you, you are probably very gifted as well because you actually gave the example of grief and, uh, uh, and Peter would know this, but I lost my father last week. So, uh, um, it's, so it's interesting. That my, you, my intuition is a really big part of my work. So thank you for honoring that. I mean, it is, I'm usually right there. So yeah. Oh, so maybe we'll do awesome. a zoom session, you and I next week. <laughs> I would love that. Absolutely love that. And so yeah. the horses are just it's it's just i mean i love all animals mm -hmm. and uh, just the fact that the horse is actually picking up on your feelings and and just it just feels very connected and very grounded i think i think you never forget what a 1200 pound animal shows you right that stays with you you might forget something another human says to you but you don't forget the experience that you have with them. And I've had them act out entire pantomimes. Um, 
I have a black and white paint horse that I've, I birthed him into the world. He's 20 this year. And uh, I had a woman who had three daughters. And when they were really, really tiny, her husband, she had gotten, uh, um, had all three daughters by the time she was 19. So very, very young. And her husband drank a lot and was super abusive. And she needed to set a boundary and have him out of their life. He ended up in prison. So it tells you how bad he was. And um, so I built like this little um, sort of maybe this high flower box. It's in the center of the ring. It was about a maybe eight by eight by eight and had this horse in the ring. And I had her, I said, go stand there. That's your home when you were young. And I had someone sort of be in the space of her first child. And I said, so go back to remembering what it was like to have that baby. Know now you're a child yourself, but you got to protect this child from him. The horse went over and Kathleen, he took his hoof and opened that box and crowded his body into that with her. And she didn't know she could step out of the box easily physically. She could. She just kept backing up and he kept bullying with his body. So um, we went through that kind of image with all three until finally she took a stand and she said, no, you're not welcome in here. You may not come in. You know, she found her boundary and took her stand. So they'll, they'll even take on those kinds of identities. Wow. I, I know what you mean about this, the sense that horses have of what's happening. I don't think I've told Kathleen the story, but I had a horse uh, in my 20s called Copper. I've had three Coppers, and, and obviously it's a chestnut a reddish bay. Um, and this Copper was quite wild, and we were herding cattle, and I was going flat out after a steer on, on across a slope, and I'd forgotten there was a depression there that was all covered in grass, and we went down it and uh, rolled down the slope. And I was stunned mm. and I came to and I looked uphill to my left and there he is lying on his back with his all four legs curled. And I thought he's broken his neck. Well, let me finish yeah. that off. So I thought he broke his back. So I quickly got up and I went round to his front and he was watching me. And once he saw I was clear of him, he just rolled downhill and stood up and stood there and waited for yeah. me. He knew that he yeah. couldn't move he without hurting me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're very wise. They're oh, very, very wise. Incredibly right. clever. Kathleen, you're doing well asking Melissa about her coaching. I'm going to let you carry on because my internet's not doing too well. Oh, well, I'm just fascinating. I, Melissa, please share other stories with us because this is, you know, I want to impress upon our viewers and listeners how important this work is that you do. And, and um, do you offer retreats? For people I do. that are coming from international locations? Not I do. I do. I do retreats. I do. Primarily today, I'm teaching others my method. So right. we have over 200 graduates around the world. We have quite a few in Canada. So mm -hmm. we're really happy with our Canadian contingency. And we have about 70 ongoing students in the program currently. So there's always students going through at different levels and uh, getting ready to graduate and start their own practices. So that takes up a great deal of my work time in addition to seeing my private clients. But I do love to do retreats. Many of my graduates do retreats in non-pandemic COVID time. They've done them in Hawaii and Ireland and, you know, other countries and kind of all over. So it's, it's a lot of fun for people. I have a retreat center I'm passionate about in Montana. So I bring usually 10 women together in Montana each summer 
to get to know themselves better and to finish up grief and finish up things that have happened to them in trauma. And we ride and have a good time in Montana. So that's my, my pet project. Now the people that you've worked with, some of your clients, can you Mm -hmm. tell us some of what they've experienced following these retreats when they've gone home and how has it transformed their lives? What I love about Gestalt, Kathleen, is that if, well, I had, I had a woman last year, I think in Montana, might've been two years ago, but my last Montana one, her son had been killed in her front yard in a bad uh, police uh, situation where the police misunderstood what was going on. Sad for both sides, police and family, just a real tragedy. And she was not functioning. And a friend of hers got her to me because she had heard about me. And she was not getting out of bed. I mean, she just wasn't functioning. Obviously, it really fallen into that. After doing the work of that weekend, she was liberated. She was freed up. And she now does a lot of activism work in a really positive way about having people understand the, the police situation versus the, the other side of it, you know, the whole, the whole big picture of all of that and she's freed up. What I love about the Gestalt is if somebody's working on, they were molested as a child or their parent died when they were six, whatever it might be, uh, whatever they work on for that hour and a half with me, that's resolved permanently. That's the difference. You can go to 10 years of traditional therapy and you still, if you talk about what's happened, you still feel the pain. In this, you don't. You have an understanding of it, but you no longer feel the pain because it's not held in the cells of the body. So that's why people are so crazy about it because it's that effective. Um, We have graduates working with um, 20-year-olds who grew up in a a home that was homeless. Somebody, you know, their family grew up on the street and now they're 20 and they don't know how to live in a house with a job and all the things that you and I would take as normal. We have a lot of veterans with all their PTSD, um, Center Against Sexual Assault, people going through a divorce. I mean, there's just so many things that life hands us. And in this way, you come to wholeness around it then. So it's, it's fascinating. The, the efficacy of it is really fascinating. Now, a lot of businesses, uh, Melissa, have had, because of the pandemic, have had mm-hmm. to reinvent Pivot. themselves and yes. how they work. Yes. Um, and in fact, a lot of businesses are going to a virtual mm-hmm. platform. Is there any way for what you do to be taken to a virtual platform, even have like a, the computer and the horses? Mm-hmm. I see a lot of clients. I, I'm not seeing them with the horses, so they know. Everybody can't wait for the vaccination so they can come see a horse, right? I have a lot of grads that still are um, working one-on-one and with the horses. I do it in my training of people because I really need to keep that going. I'm not seeing private clients one-on-one right now. I actually donated one of my kidneys to my daughter, so I'm not the best COVID candidate, so I'd like to pass on that experience. So I'm keeping myself ultra safe and doing a lot online. And a lot of my trainings moved to online as well. Um, video work, you know, that kind of thing. But it's it's not the same. No. The, the, the work, the skills, the work is very similar. But the effect of having that big horse give you that feedback, you know, that's something you want to do with a grad right. in person, right. you know. 
I'll be first in line when they let me. I've never wanted a shot so bad in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question for Melissa. We've, We've sort of spoken before, and you know quite a bit about my story. Do you believe that if people overcome adversity in, a, in small ways, that their ability to withstand more serious adversity increases incrementally? Uh, for yeah. instance, I've had a lot of comments. People say, you just don't worry about this virus problem. Or, you know, mm-hmm. You're not concerned. Mm-hmm. And I, my response is, well, when you've had people pointing guns at you and threatening to kill you many times and a few other things, <laughs> it, it's it not a big deal. It right. It's right. not a big deal right. in my life. And and, yeah. and a lot of people in the safety of, of Canada, and I'm not knocking Canada for this, it's just the way things are, can't understand that comment that I make. Um, right. So, right. so am I on the right I, track? I guess I, I, I do feel we become more resilient, right? I, hmm. I think that sometimes in life we're offered the opportunity to face what we fear the most. Right. And... For me, it, I, I know what yours was, Peter, and you know, hats off to you. For me, it was the loss of a child, and my daughter was born with a severe illness. She died at 24 years old, but I thought she was going to die in many of her hospitalizations right. and surgeries and organ transplants and on and on and on. So that was my greatest fear, was losing a child. And I, I came to the edge of it and faced it, came to the edge of it and faced it, you know, many, many times. And then ultimately went all the way through it with her. And she's today on the other side of the veil. So I know grief up close and personal. So much like you, my friend, not much scares me. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have faced my deepest fear and I have survived it. You know, I wouldn't want to do it again, but I've survived and I'm resilient. So now everything else sort of pales, you know, sort of like, um, instead of being in a bright color, everything's sort of pastel when it's like, ooh, I'm a virus. So I do take this virus very seriously. Uh, Like I said, having one kidney is not the best proponent for me. Uh, And I am respectful of others because I don't know that they don't have a daughter like mine was that's compromised at home or they themselves have something. So I wear a mask in public. Very fortunate to live out in the middle of nowhere on a beautiful ranch. Pretty much just- sure. Sure. Stay here. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> Ride we, my horses and do my thing. We haven't got a lot of time left. I want to jump in quick with another question, Kathleen, if I may. Melissa, you're also a writer. And one of the, <laughs> one of the things Melissa does is uh, provide a daily comment from Wisdom, the brains behind Touch by a Horse. And, so, and I think you've got a couple of hundred of those little quotes oh yeah looked up oh, yeah um and you've written some books as well so tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your writing while we have a moment well wisdom is free it's a horse named wisdom and so kathleen if you want it you come to touchbyahorse.com and there's wisdom messages and they just show up in your email and they're a positive little kiss from a horse every day so people love those they really really like it i took the character wisdom and wrote a a book called Epona Lisa. Epona was the goddess of horses, so Epona Lisa, um, which is a parable for finding your life's work, finding your mission in life, but through a horse. So I've got that. I have three anthologies written by my graduates, which are stories of me working with them and what the work was like and how it helped them and that kind of thing. Uh, I have a book called Equisology. If you're a horsemen. It's the typology or the personality of horses and the mix with their partner, human partner. 
And then my What in the Heck is Gestalt, which is, I'm really pleased with that book. It's selling all over the world really well. And I think because everybody wants to know, well, exactly what is it? It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that keeps you in the here and now. So thanks for asking, Peter. No, you're touched welcome. By a horse. Yeah, touchedbyahorse.com. When I started my company, Touched by an Angel was the number one um, TV show on television. Yes. Mm. And, and so that's where I got the name. Today it sounds funny, but Touched by an Angel, I thought, well, they're my angels, so I'll make it Touched by a Horse. <laughs> M-E-L-I-S-A, just one S. So M-E-L-I-S-A at touchedbyahorse.com. That's email. We have tons of podcasts under Touch by a Horse. A lot of our grads have done podcasts, and I have as well. Um, there's videos. There's all kinds of things on the website. It's quite robust. There's a lot of information on there. On oh, the yes. CERT program, the horses and the work itself. A lot of pictures of our gypsy vanners and our other horses, too. And I can verify that. Vouch for that. I've been Excellent. on that website many well, times. I think we'll... <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> We have two minutes left, and I'm going to ask Melissa one more quick one. Well, we have three minutes left. Um, some My good lady, Sue, follows you on Facebook. I don't have a lot of time for Facebook. And she says you have a zoo pasture with all sorts of interesting residents in it. <laughs> What's that all about? Back pasture behind our house, it's probably about eight acres, it backs up to a forest. And that forest is full of antelope and all kinds of things that hop into that pasture. Uh, so we decided not to put full-grown horses in it, right? Because yeah. they were getting too many visitors. So deer and antelope and all. But we have a miniature mule that we rescued out of a flood, a miniature donkey, <laughs> uh, two miniature horses, two alpacas, Six chickens. What else? We, have, we just have a bunch. And they're all in that one uh, pasture. And so they get along fine, but it's kind of our little zoo. So we have fun. We have two, Sounds two like goats, fun. two miniature goats. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So we sit on our deck at night and watch them all. My goodness. It sounds like paradise to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We love it. <laughs> we got we got a little bit of time. We're going to have to end our, our episode of our show and then take a couple of minutes for some housekeeping afterwards. So, Kathleen, final words? Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been an absolute honor meeting. I was Thank looking you, forward to meeting you. I Go think ahead. you're a special lady. You do Thank tremendous you. work. And uh, congratulations. And you're so needed in this world. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. You bet. And condolences to you. Take care of your heart, Kathleen, yeah. for sure. And that's it until our next episode of the Yacking Podcast.